Welcome back to week 21 of the UK Property Market Stat Show with today's special guest, Richard Durrant from the RAN Network. We'll get to you in a second, Richard. The purpose of the UK Property Market Stat Show is a show which talks about what's happening in the property market right here, right now. Whilst most stats look at what's happened in the property market in terms of uh, price sale agreed or, you know, when the mortgage offer comes out or the land registry, which is, um, you know, six or nine months out of date, this is actually talking about property market right now. We look at the top end of the property market. We look at the number of listings that have come on the market this week compared to other weeks this year and also Week 21 compared to week 21 of other years going back to 2017. We look at price reductions, sale agreed, fall throughs, and all interesting stats from that. So you can get an idea of exactly what is happening in the property market. We then move over and look at the regional stats. And then we end up focusing on a town or a city. And this week we're going to Wimbledon because uh, we're getting close to the uh to, to the tennis season. So I thought we'd get that nice, get there nice and early. Richard, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me on. On again. You were damn good. As as you watch this go on, the year forms, actually, you're getting to see a really paint a picture of what's actually happening. You know, in isolation, one week, hard to tell. But with so many contradictory stories in the press, I think last week, Zoopla reported a 1.3% drop. On the same day, Foxton's reported the highest ever buyer activity they'd seen for the last six years. So by going granular on it gives everybody a bit more of a honest opinion of what is actually happening it's interesting that um i've released some stats recently using the 20 ea data and the pounds per square foot figure which matches the land registry data albeit seven months in advance which is really weird but we've gone back to 2019 shows that house prices are actually on the rise at the moment which is weird. You wouldn't think so. But basically, the peak of the market was around uh, the, the bottom of the market. Sorry, the drop of the market was around November, December. And since then, the pound per square foot. Now, it doesn't work particularly well to value an individual property on a pound per square foot. It doesn't work particularly well on a town by town basis. But regionally, it has a 95% success rate, accuracy rate, and nationally, around a 98%. So I'm predicting here and now, boys and girls, that house prices will, on the land registry, be rising later in the autumn. There you go. You heard it here first, boys and girls. Chris, what's interesting about that is, is you wonder how many agents even take that into consideration when valuing a property. When we worked outside of London, we never even considered it. We didn't even look at it. I'm not suggesting it works every single time, but just that comparative conversational point with a, with a vendor would be really impressive, wouldn't it? But I doubt many people do. Well, boys and girls, that's your choice as estate agents, whether you use the data out there. Now, um, we're talking with um, week 21, and week 21, for the purposes of 2023, was Monday the 22nd of May through to Sunday the 28th of May, inclusive. Uh, we're filming this on Tuesday the 30th, and it'll be coming out probably on Thursday or Friday this week. Uh, once it's been edited and sorted out. So, uh, Richard, let us dive straight in uh, to the stat heaven of loveliness, and we're going to go straight away with the number of listings. Um, this week, 37,000, which is the highest week for listings this year so far. The average for the, for the year, 32,326. So have your thoughts on this, mate? No, when I looked at that, if you exclude 2020 for obvious reasons, I think the average is 37,000, isn't it? So oh. so actually slightly heavier, slightly higher than average this week. Um, so positive signs on instructions. And at a glance, the negativity around the economy doesn't seem to have dampened people's aspirations to move. And I know this is new instructions rather than sale agreeds or exchanges, but clearly it shows that homeowners are still looking to move. Yeah, I mean, boys and girls, um, too many listings can, can can you know, just like Goldilocks, can be bad news. It's what happened in 2007 when an awful lot of people dumped their houses on the market in a very short succession where and the number of properties on the market almost doubled, not overnight, but over a period of about five months. So we've got to keep an eye on that one. I'd start to be getting concerned if it got into the mid to late 40s. 
that and the sales didn't match with it. Okay. Uh, we will be, as I said, you can quite clearly see that, you know, we had some great months um, for, for listings back in 2018. Um, yeah. Do remember though, that in 21, 22, the sales to uh, listings to sales ratio was around 80 or 90%. So, you know, there were lower listings, but just about everything was selling. Um, let's move on, uh, Richard, and just don't jump in, mate, at any time. The average price of a property that's come onto the market this week, £462,200 and a few pennies. Uh, the average this year has been £430,000. Um, thoughts on this? I think looking at it in isolation doesn't give you a true picture, does it? Because of a spread of property types going onto the market. But I know you and I have discussed and I've discussed with other people. There seems to be a trend of those empty nesters selling up now with sort of rising cost, energy, energy caps, rising cost of living. Um, if that is the case and it is the empty nesters moving, actually, it becomes a really good market for agents, doesn't it? Because they're able to build chains, you know, the four and five bedrooms come onto the market. They're going or the likelihood is the buyers are going to be coming from a three and four bedrooms likely to have a house to sell. So it feels like if that is the case, that's a positive for agents. You're absolutely right. You know, if you're an estate agent and you've got those bigger properties that are going to wrap the three and fours out, yes, they have a lower propensity to sell, but it will mean that you know, that rats out the ones that you might, you know, are more likely to sell, which is your smaller three and smaller four beds. Um, Let's have a quick look at the cumulative listings to date. And um, we're on 678,000. We are ahead of 21 and 22, but again, we're still behind 17, 18, and 19. Thoughts on this? Uh, I think my gut feeling is, uh, and looking at all of the numbers, are there's less people with a, with a negative press at the moment. There's less people just trying their arm, saying, you know, if you get me half a million pounds for my house, I'll sell. I think it's serious movers at the moment. So actually, if you looked at the average over that period, again, excluding 2020, I think you're at about 680, so we're not a million miles off. I yeah. think it's a healthy number of properties gone to the market. We now look at the actual listings themselves and plot them week by week since January the 1st. The pink line is 2023. Uh, the orange line is 19, the blue dots are 18, and the yellow dots are 17. As we quite clearly see here, we've had a little bit of a roller coaster where the first dip was Easter and the second dip was the coronation. Although, interestingly, as you can see where how Easter falls, we've had a few dips in the other years. I find it interesting here that we've had other dips which are in later in the year, which are not Easter-based, but whether they are, because we're in May now, whether those are bank holiday dips, I don't know. But... I find it fascinating on the listings that it's almost a steady line between week four and week 12 in all of the years. And then we spend April, May and June in a bit of a roller coaster. Thoughts? Yeah, and I think I think what you've said about the bank holidays is true. May, I know this year we've had an extra one, but May is filled with bank holidays. And if you look at those dips, um, I just think that lots of people do tend to go away. So historically, an agents will talk about talk about getting your property ready. We, you know, we have a busy bank holiday weekend. I don't believe that's true anymore. I think people are available to view properties at any time, and most of us try and do something with our families or friends over those bank holiday weekends. And I think that's where the dips are. What is particularly interesting is if you take a rolling four week average. Um, the for, for listings, we'll just have a quick look back. Uh, we'll go to this one here. Hold on. The the average rolling four week for listings is thirty four thousand four hundred. So the 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 ups and downs. You know, it's the classic. He gives and he takes away. So you know, you have a dip, she comes back. She have a dip, it comes back. But if you level it all out, we probably if we leveled it out, it would be more of a straight line. But it would be by definition. Let's move on to price changes. 21,321 price changes against an average of 18,014. Uh, with an average price changed, the average price of a property being changed, £417,900 against an average of £402,000. 
Um, again, showing signs that, like we said last week and the week before and the week before and the week before, that the 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 the, the average price of a property that's coming on the market is at 460. The average price of a property being reduced is around 410. And the average price of a property selling, well, we'll get to that in a second, but it's a lot lower. We'll come to that. Thoughts on the reductions before we move on to the sales, Richard? I think I think that price change is for the first time, and I've watched every show and I've obviously appeared on a couple, and none of them have ever sort of struck a chord with me. For the first time, this to me is one to watch. And I'm not suggesting, you know, the market is going to drop. But I just think that we're creeping up on some sort of 2019 numbers. We've exceeded 2018. We've taken slightly less onto the market. So we're actually reducing a larger percentage of our stock. Yeah. Now, is that, you know, does that tell the story about the market? And I think it will be interesting to look at the sales figures later on to see if that aligns. Um, but also, I think we're probably in a market where vendors are more likely to reduce on a conversation based on concerns about what's being told in the press and the economy. And therefore, is it a combination of agents being slightly more proactive than they've been over the last few years, but also the willingness of vendors to sort of reposition? I mean, what is particularly interesting at the moment is is when it comes to uh, an outcome of withdraw uh, of price reductions that are a bit too zealous is, is that people withdraw and what is particularly interesting is, is that the agents, the bigger agents, seem to be doing more of the with a greater propensity to with tap withdrawals. But they're, they're also the ones that seem to be changing their prices a bit more. You know, there, there, there is some significant uplift by the top 10 estate agents, the likes of your Browns, Connells, Foxtons, Your Moves, Hunters, Hearts and Dexters, all great estate agents. That They seem to be having a greater proportion of their stock being reduced do you think that's because they're corporate and they're actually working their stock a bit more? I, I think there's probably a combination of, I think that if you looked at a small independent business, the, the business owner is probably more likely to be doing the valuations and therefore they're probably giving more accurate opinion. They're probably researching this stuff more. I also think if you look at processes, a lot of those what we'll call corporates will have rigid processes, KPIs, reduce 10% of your stock by 5% every week and so on. I also think that those types of businesses will tend to tie people into 16, 20-week uh, agreements and that forms part of their strategy. And I mean, you know, it, interestingly, since January the 1st, I, um, there's been 291,000 price reductions, but this is the bit that, that you know, just to give you an idea, okay, there's been... 400 no actually since okay let's go let's go since new year here we go there's been um 676,000 properties that have come onto the market 427 um sold but 249,000 withdrawn that's a lot of properties coming off the market now of course could have gone to another agent couldn't they yes so we've got to remember that, but those those are pretty big numbers, right? Let's get back to um, let's get back to the um, to the stats. Um, moving on, the um, we said we've already done the average asking price of a reduction for seventeen. Now let's go to sold the contracts. Now the number of sales agreed. So let's just look at this in pure isolation of week twenty one. What's your thoughts on twenty six thousand before we compare this with the rest of the year? Again, that one's probably slightly slightly concerning. It's a sort of fairly sizable drop from the previous couple of years. So I think it's if you looked at against stock, it's about fifteen percent. Uh, what this slide doesn't show is you know available stock at the start of the week, um, but it feels like there's it feels like the tide's turning slightly. But interestingly, um, it it does on this slide. But again, boys and girls, this is where this lies damn lies and statistics. The magic thing is this. 26,000 is, let's just have a quick look now, is the best week for sales this year. In fact, it's the best week for sales since uh, August. And how does that compare with percentage of sales on, on available stock? Um, I wish you'd have asked me that one. I'll have, to do that one. I'll have to do that one next time. 
Um, if you if you want to if you want to fill, I could probably find that out. If you want to start talking, I'll try and go and find it. Hold on, Chris. I think I looked at these. I think I looked at these numbers. Um, so if you looked at gross sales against the listing, um, do you talk about that later on? Yes, we talk about gross sales versus listings. Yeah, but we're we're only talking on a week by week basis. So, what do you want me to compare this? What do you want me to compare sales against? I mean, available I'll... available stock last week. Yep. Against sales agreed this week, and then do that again of another period this year or last year. Okay. So the available stock available. Hold on. Let's just do this. Hold on. Right. Keep talking amongst yourselves. There you go. Keep talking, Richard. We can't. We can't be having. We um, cannot. We cannot be having uh, blank spaces for the boys and girls. So, <laughs> so if we looked at if we look at these uh, sole subject or, or sale agreed week twenty one again difficult difficult to analyze on the national level and you have a graph which puts it in context but compared to average asking prices um, four six two against a sole price of three sixty eight. That could be concerning, albeit the timings will always be delayed because we don't know what the stock price is. But if you then look at the gross sales year to date, 2023 figures seem to be tracking 2000 and 2018, 2019. And whilst it's slightly lower, I think it's more aligned. I think we are more aligned against 2018, 2019 than we have any year since. Um, I'm just, just okay. So we've got um, we we've got the first set of figures. Um, the number of properties. There we go. Got it now. Hold on. Here it is. The number of properties available for sale is five hundred ninety-seven thousand at the moment. Uh, in May twenty-two, it was four hundred thirty-six thousand. So therefore, if we're comparing ourselves against 22, we've got a bit of an issue here. But I think that's where we shouldn't be comparing ourselves against 21 and 22. And we should yep. be comparing ourselves against um against um 18-19. Okay. Um, in terms of what is available, what available stock we have there, just give me a second. I'll, I'll find that out and come back to you when when that when you're when you're eulogizing. Um let us move on and get back to our to the stuff. Right, hold on. There we go. Bring it back. Okay. So, um, twenty six thousand eight hundred sixty one is the best since uh, September, uh, August this year, which I thought I thought was pretty good. Um, the average, and people say, well, it's just a flash in the pan. The average is thirty two thousand three hundred per week on sales so we're doing all right last week was 37 week before was 30.7 the week before was 31.7 the week before that 37.2 the week before that 36,100 so again a classic as it as you can see here an up and down roller yeah. coaster matching very nicely with the listings um cumulative gross sales 464 to date is uh, not bad at all, like we said a few seconds ago. Again, the, uh, there's a slight difference on the numbers because uh, that was this was taken from uh, a few days ago, and that numbers might today are a bit different. A uh, couple of days more. Uh, now, this is a this is I think this is a, an important consideration: is the average price of a property being sold is at three hundred sixty-eight. Now, this is a brand new graph, Richard, which I'd like to bring in and show you, and this shows you the yellow is the average listing price. And the blue is the average sale price, as in the asking price of the property when it went sale agreed. Now, do we know what the price was agreed at? No, but as I explained last week, Hampson's did some report, uh, which is a fantastic report. And they've looked back to 2008 and the uh, achieved price never, ever goes more than 2% below the asking price. It went slightly, it went above 2% in the last couple of years. But not in a normal market, she normally goes two percent below. That really does concern my, my my issue is this is let's just put that into percentage terms, that there is a difference of twenty-five and a half percent in twenty twenty-three. That's the difference between look, we're putting houses on at four six two and we are selling them at three six eight. Now this is a national figure. 
We do have the regional figures. And if you stay with us in the show, we'll go through those regional figures and you can download these free of charge for your own benefit. But and 25 percent, you know, there are some areas where it's in single digits in terms of the gap. There are some areas where it's I mean, in inner London. Well, we'll get to that number, but the number is absolutely scary. Thoughts on this? I think this will uh, I think this will pan out over the coming weeks. It's you know a twenty five percent difference against two thousand and seventeen, which I think I saw was four percent, is something definitely to be concerned about. I think the very best agents will be having processes in place to get these price reductions in. And as I said, I think it's possibly slightly easier. The question would be, uh, the question would be, is what stock is selling and where? Well, that you've hit the nail absolutely on the head there is that the upper price properties probably have like a one in two chance of actually selling, whilst the lower price properties have a three in four chance after selling. So there is a little bit, a, a big chunk of this gap is is allowing for that. Uh, I think if you actually look at the whole seven years, the average is normally between 16 and 17%. But remembering that we did have a cracking two years, so that's going to pull that out of it so okay. I, my concern is, is it has a two in front of it and we've just got to be aware that are you putting on the right properties to sell them yeah and it's also the speed of sale isn't it so if we're listing if we're listing four and five bedrooms which historically take dependent on where you trade you know six to eight weeks to sell but the properties you're actually selling today are the two and three bedroom apartments or semi-detached houses actually that that gap is going to be bigger but it will even out over time Good stuff. Move on to the number of sale fall throughs. Um, 5,760, which um, is the second largest figure this year, um, needs to be taken with a slight pinch of salt because, again, it's all down to the percentage of sales that have fallen through, which we'll get to in a second. But still, 5,760 is quite a lot. Uh, most of the year, we've been running under the 5,299, which is the long-term seven-year average for all weeks of seven years. Um, thoughts? I think it can be a bit of a positive. I think it's shown that we as, a, as an industry are being reactive, uh, uh, are being proactive, and we are going out and we're talking and we're telling stories to people and we're getting people to move. I also think what's what that tells me is agents are taking on motivated vendors who are prepared to reduce their price. What you don't want is you don't want... But this know, is this is fall-throughs. Fall-throughs? Yeah. Right, sorry. I was reading the wrong stat there. Um, that then becomes slightly concerning, doesn't it? It um, does. But, but again, we're, we're going to come on. Let's just, I mean, we might as well just dive in and look at the percentages. It still is only 21.44% of, of sales on a long-term average of 24.2. So it's not, you know, you've got to you've got to be aware of that. You know, the long-term average of 24.2, 24.2% of sales will fall through. Obviously, 2020 was a big year. We were, you know, we we're coming out of lockdown. Still in lockdown, weren't we? Fall through, falling through. And do remember that in Q4 2022, that percentage was in the late 30s. So just, you know, it'd be the doom mongers will latch on, you know, worst week, worst two weeks for fall throughs since when, you know, but it, it's, it's, it's all relative because there's a lot more sales. So if there's a lot more sales, remember there was a report that came out this morning from the wonderful people at the street group who said most house sales fall through in the first two weeks. Well, if we've had a good, good run of sales, we're going to get a lot good run of fall throughs, aren't we? Agree completely. It'd be really interesting, and I know you won't have this stat yet, but to find out what percentage of those fall-throughs end up going back to market. So is it vendors withdrawing, change of mind, couldn't get the price they wanted or whatever it may be, or is it buyers withdrawing due to a better property, unable to get mortgage, uh, a reluctance to uh, to buy in this current climate? Interesting. Right, let's get back. Uh, net sales is the number of gross sales that I've taken this week, less the fall-throughs from your pipeline. Um, we're on 21,000, which is the best week for sales this year. Net sales. Which, which tells its own story, doesn't it? it we, we can look at these stats and we can look at withdrawals and go, actually, withdrawals are high or fall-throughs are high, but actually 
we're we're topping up we're topping up the buckets, aren't we? So it's going to show an increase of fall throughs and it's going to show an increase of withdrawals because we are selling more property. The best week for net sales was scarily this week a year ago, where it was 23. Interestingly, the week afterwards, she went down, this is in 22, she went down to 17, 19, 20, 20, 20, 20, 19, 18, and then steadily, I mean, just to give you an idea and a flavour, back in uh, Q4, the number of net sales, 13, 12, 11, 11, 11, 10, 10, 11, 10, 9, 10. You know, these eight, these are... This, you know that's why I think a lot of agents at the moment are finding it a bit tough because their pipelines were were were, were basically yeah. flushed out in in Q4, and there's a little bit of you know cash flow issue there. But you're putting them in at the top. The magic thing is, is I, what are you doing to get the sales through? What are you doing with your sales progression? I mean, there are some wonderful outsourcing people that will get them through. You know, are getting them through in 12 weeks. Could you do um, such things like Gazelle, which Brian does, where you have reservation agreements? Could you have upfront more of upfront information? Why aren't your valuers getting the solicitors instructed straight away? It makes a huge difference because the longer the property's on the market, the more likely it will fall through. Um, so what I'm hearing from a lot of agents uh, is a comeback of B pipelines and even C pipelines, where when the market's been strong, they've just chucked everything sold subject to contract in whereas now they're just holding it back a bit and they're not marking it as sold subject to contract until they've got solicitors or they've got a survey and in some cases we've got agents leaving on the market till they've got a mortgage offer um and therefore is that sort of surge in sales agreed last week is it actually slightly more mature sales which aren't just being marked as sold subject to contract until agents are more or buyers are more committed would be i mean we're going when we look at wimbledon we're going to be looking at how the different agents when they instruct their solicitors so that but again nationally we'd have to go with anecdotal evidence on that one uh, accumulative net sales to date three hundred fifty nine thousand. so this is the stuff that's going to be ending up in your pipeline that's 94.6 last week it was 94 the week before it was 30 93 and a couple of months about six weeks ago it was late 80s what that means is, is that the number of net sales is catching up the average of the 17, 18, and nine figure. And if they carry on the way we're going, we'll probably get that to probably in somewhere in July. Fingers crossed, where we overtake the average, which at the end of the day, net sales is what's going to be put into your pipeline, isn't it? And this is what the true story is, isn't it? This is actually, we're starting to get to the stats that really matter. It doesn't matter how many properties you list, you've got to sell them. So actually, the net the net sales is the one marker uh, that you need to be watching more so than anything else. And like you say, we are catching up with where we've been in our best years. Nobody would have been complaining in 17, 18, 19 about their net sales. Okay, so this this is the number of net sales on a week-by-week -week basis. Uh, we're at week um, 21. The yeah, pink line is this year. The uh, blue, the turquoise dots is 22. Green dots is 21. The yellow dots is 20. And then the big white dots is the average of 17 to 19. You quite clearly Wait. see here is, is that the, we are now we are tracking that 17 to 19, aren't we? I was going to say it's as if we're mirroring, and I imagine those slight drops are different various bank holidays on how they change in the weeks. But we're exactly mirroring the average of 17 to 19. And no one was particularly complaining. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was hard work, but no one was particularly complaining. So again, it's really important, boys and girls in the state and letting agency land, that you don't compare yourself with 21 and 22. They were exceptional years. You'll always beat yourself up and you won't feel good about yourself if you do. What what I think is important on that, though, Chris, and I'm not sure how many agents do, and I'm sure more have than we give them credit for, is actually our agents looking back at 17, 18, 19, looking at their cost base, looking at their market share into 17, 18, 19, comparing it with their competitors, and are they performing better or worse than they were in what we will call those, and I know there's no normal years, but those normal years. Because if you're tracking 17, 18, 19 figures, but your cost base has gone up 20%, you're in for a rough ride. It's not going to feel like it felt in 2018, 2019. Guys, go put your fees up or get bigger market share with your marketing. Um, right, these are some really geeky stats, but I know a lot of people like them. Gross sales as a percentage of listings. 
Um, Brian said last week, if you're in the mid to late 80s, you're doing well. At an absolute minimum is 60%. 70, not bad. Anything you want to say? No, I think as we as we keep talking about, you know, 67, 69, 70 in 2019, um, and then two exceptional years, 21, 22, we're where we would have expected to be. Yeah, the average for the year to date is 68.1. Right, let's move on to the next graph. We've already seen this one, fall throughs as a percentage of sales. Um, price changes as a percentage of listings. We are at 56.28. The average is 56.4 for the year. Um, just shows that the agents are working their stock there, doesn't it? I think they're working their stock. I think that you go into a mentality of May and May bank holidays, and as we touched on earlier, vendors have a perception that the market's going to be really busy. And I think lots of agents use that to the advantage. Let's get your price reduced before we go into the bank holiday week. So I don't think it's, again, I think that's agents being proactive rather than anything really to worry about. I don't imagine that is a huge influx of vendors phoning up on a Monday morning saying we need to reduce our price desperately. Good stuff. Right. Uh, just one final stat before we move on. The percent, the net sales as a percentage of listings, the long-term average is 58.2. Uh, this year's has been 52. And at the moment, we're on 55.7, which shows that, you know, decent amount of listings. But again, I, I, it's a shame that that's not slight, you know, slightly higher. I, I would hope it would be nearer 60 if we were going in the right direction. So just keep an eye on that one. Right, we'll move on to the national stats. Can you see that the lovely big national stats um, spreadsheet? Yeah. Right, boys and girls, we're not just a huge amount of time on this one, but the bottom line is this. Green is good, red is bad. What do we say, Richard? Green is good, red is... Bad. Hey, okay. So these are the national stats, and you can see a flavour of where the market's going. Interestingly, we had that dip in week 14, 15, which was the Easter week dip. We had another dip in 18 and 19, which was the coronation dip, but we've come back, and it, and it's like a Tex-Mex dip fest from Marks and Spencer's lovely four trays with the, with the uh, lovely salsa and the Thousand Island dip. I do like that one, Richard. Sorry, there you go. And the greens seem to be getting stronger, don't they? If you look at the week 21 greens compared to the week nine, we're getting better and better, aren't we? We are. We are. Um, let's move. Now, we're not going to spend too, too long on this one. But these are all available to download on the on YouTube. You go to YouTube, you're watching this on well, you'll be watching this video on YouTube, or go to the YouTube itself, look in the descriptions, and within the descriptions, there is a link on WeTransfer where you can download these to your heart's content and you can compare your town, what's happening in your town compared to um to, to what how you're performing. Um again, greens are good, reds are bad. And I find it absolutely fascinating, Richard, that that this week, everyone's got three greens and a red nearest, damn it. Here we go. You, you want, here's another one. Three greens and a red. And the reds are all full throughs. Yes. So the red is, you know, so more full throughs, not so good. But if you actually devil in the detail, look at the percentages, we'll just go back. Um, The percentage, which is the percentage of sales full through, which is this middle grey one, yeah. is still not bad at 21. Um. Let's go back to inner London, 23. That's a bit scary. Uh, you guys in London, 32% difference this week compared to, you know, so just that, interestingly, if you took London, inner London out of the national stats, which will just go back, which is we talked about a 25% difference this week, that strips it out. Because if you, again, we just use this, you know, East Midlands, 13, East East England, 19%, uh, northeast 11%. Look here, outer London 2.3. I mean, absolutely fantastic, guys and girls in out, outer London. So, just for the benefit, inner London is NW, W, SW, SE, uh, E, N, and the two central London city postcodes. Everything else is outer London. Uh, sorry, I jumped in there, mate. What do you have? That's to... right. What's interesting is that inner London has been consistently low, hasn't it? Nine. Nine percent. Um, sorry, next slide. No, out, outer London. Outer London has been consistently low. Yes. Um, you know, nine percent, two percent, eight percent. I wonder what the agents are doing there differently from anywhere else, because that's not a one-off 
really strong week, is it? That is consistently lower than anybody else. You've got to remember is, is that we're talking about the suburbs, so there's an awful yeah. lot. There's a lot of houses that are all the same. So if you if you, all you've got is suburban three-bedroom semis uh, and you're going to sell them whilst they're probably in London, you know, you've got apartments that are 30 million quid that, you know, you can't swing a cat in. So it's going to screw the figures up slightly. Um, yeah, interesting insight. Let's just have a whiz through these. Again, we're not going to spend too much time. These are available to download. Uh, Scotland doing really well. I find it interesting, Richard, that if you look, Everywhere in the UK, you know, if everyone's having a bad week, everyone's having a bad week. If everyone's having a good week, everyone's having a good week. And it's the tonality of the colours is that is that you know nearly everyone is the darkest green on the right with a poor sales fall through. Southwestern Wales, guys in Wales, it looks like you're putting some overpriced properties on or some properties that are not selling at the moment. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, West Midlands. Again, look at the West Midlands. They seem to be creeping up slightly in terms of their percentage difference. Um, and then just, we, we won't spend too long on this one, but the, for your really data geeks, we can you can look at these stats and you've already had the cumulative stats uh, for uh, on the graphs already. So um, any thoughts on that before we go and look at um, Wimbledon, Richard? No, I just... I I think with agents should be looking at this, should be using store, you'd be using these stats to tell their own stories. You know, if if they are trending at dropping prices or or asking prices reducing, you need to be getting that very early into your valuation pitch uh, and then look at your process to reduce. Good stuff. Right. Okay. So for the purposes of today, we are in sunny Wimbledon and that is for uh, SW19. We're using the 20EA Insights platform. Uh, Richard and myself, a bit of fanboys on the platform. You are. This is available to all estate agents, not on the national basis that we have. Uh, well, the big corporates can buy it, or people can buy it, and, uh, and other firms. But you can buy your own postcodes, and you can judge this back back to, uh, to 2021. Uh, so this is the platform we're going to be using today to judge all the estate agents and the letting agents in Wimbledon. Um, should we dive in, Richard? And yeah, okay, good stuff. So, for the purposes, of, we'll start off with the resi sales. So, just let, so since the first of January, twenty twenty one, in the postcode of SW nineteen, six thousand two hundred and twenty one properties have come on the market with an average price of nine hundred and fifty six thousand pounds. What we're just going to do is let's just have a quick look at see where the different estate agents are in terms of the market. So we'll have a look at Dexter's. And you can quite clearly see is that they their market share on average is 8.37% over this time. And their average price is 747. So therefore, Dexters are obviously going for the lower to middle up quartile because their average price is 547. Okay. We go and look at Edison's. Pretty standard stuff there. Again, I will just keep talking, Richard, and you just jump in whenever you want to say anything. Yeah. Um, Edison's market share of 8.3 for Resi sales, looking pretty stat pretty good there in terms of not going up, not going down. Halls & Co, now that's interesting, 960. Let's just have a quick look at Edison's at 6 or oh, 6, 7. So obviously Edison's are, again, lower quartile, lower to mid-quartile. Uh, Halls & Co, they seem to be a bit slightly posher there, do you not think? Um, yeah, and they've got a good volume, haven't they? So if you looked at basic math... You know, if if it was one percent, Hawes and Co have earned more money over this time period doing four hundred and sixty six at nine sixty than an Ellison's would have at five hundred eighteen at six hundred thousand pounds. So actually, that market share, and I know you know this, Chris, that market share isn't the be all and end all. If you were sat here today, you'd rather be Hawes and Co than you would have than an Ellison's. Go to Kinley's. Um got a real soft spot for Kinley's. You know, they're quietly competent. They get on with the job and their stats at London just blow most out of the water. Yeah, really good. Let's go and have a look at Foxton. Oh, the 673. Foxton's 766 uh, with a market share. That seems to be pretty static. Must have had a little bit of a run there. Uh, one of their cracking deals. Let's go and look at Savills. 1.7, as you'd expect. Uh, big yeah. product agent. Okay. Okay. 1.7. So they must be the big, big daddios when it comes to new uh, to the posh houses. Uh, oh, no, Robert oh. Holmes is. Wow, Robert Holmes. Uh, and again, two property count 250, and I know this is instructions rather than sale agreed, 250 with an average price of 2.9 is a fairly nice place to be, isn't it? Well, 
uh, I tell you what, I spoke, um, I, sp- I like to do some homework and I spoke with the wonderful Susan at Robert Holmes and uh, I was really impressed with them. I asked them why, you know, actually, um, let's just go a little bit off piece. Is that all right? Where's, where's yeah, all? There we go. Let's go and look. If, I mean, it's quite rare for an, a small independent to beat Samuels and the big boys. So let's go. The upper quartile in um, Wimbledon is 1.2 and above. So I'm just going to go 1 million upwards. Yeah. Look at this. Robert Holmes, 13% market share of the posh houses. What big well done on that one, beating Savills. Um, and then Horse & Co. seem to be doing a, a damn good job as well there. Uh, small independent firm. Lots of I spoke to them guys. Lots of retained. Horse & Co. Yep. They're owned by LSL now, aren't they? Or were up until a couple of weeks ago. But I actually know those guys quite well. Uh, yes. In you know, were an independent, sold to LSLI, are fairly limited in ray trade, and they absolutely specialise in Wimbledon, have done for the last 30 years. Uh, John D. Wood, Andrew Scott Robinson, um, tried to ring them guys, but their boss was the on the uh, it was away. Um, okay, let's go, let's bring that back in terms of the posh houses, we'll just bring it back to everything else. There we go. So in terms of new uh, sale agreeds, um, let's just have a quick look. So Ellison's and Kinley's, um, is that still, have I still got the price? price? No, 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 that's fine. Um, so Ellison's number one uh, for sale, they were number two for for listings, yeah. but number one, Dexter's are not there, but what you've got to remember with Dexter's is it is a company policy that they don't mark their property sold under contract. So they're not going to appear on this in any way, shape or form. But although in a minute, we're going to look at their exchange figures. Uh, Kinley's doing really well. Halls & Co. Oh. Savills. Um, let's move on and look at, um, let's look at their, the, in terms of the stock. So let's just see how Dexter's stock has been running. So that's the percentage of stock on a week, on a month by month basis. So they've been between 9 and 11% of the stock. Let's go and look at Ellison's. Again, pretty stable at around that 8 7 or 8% mark. Alls & Co. Slightly dropping there, guys. Yeah. Okay. Kinley's. Okay. Foxton's. Okay. Yeah. Remember, they had that big spike of, of listings um, on me a um, couple, um, couple about a year, 18 months ago. Let's look at Savills. Oh, Savills on the way, on the drop. Robert Holmes. Pretty much when they started, weren't they, Robert Holmes? Yeah. Um, Edison White. Um, well, they seem to be growing, but again, off a smaller base. Um, so that's the stock. Let's move on. Wow, now, now, now we're getting somewhere. This is my favorite, favorite screen at all. So, what's been happening to so Dexter's are the number one estate agent in that now. This is the last uh 12 months, okay? okay. So, in the last 12 months, Dexter's have put 236 properties on the market, which represented a market share of 9.1%. We're ignoring the sale agreeds because they said they don't do it. Uh, they don't market sold. Ellison's are number two at 8%. Now, uh, and 54% of their properties go sold to the contract. Kinley's, 72% of their properties went sold to the contract. There's some number, there's some wide variances there. You've got Foxton's, 23%. Um, Barnum Marcus 49, uh, Halls and Co 54, but Kinley's at 72. Kinley's are really doing a good job there, aren't they? Yeah, huge difference between them and somebody, in a, you know, Barnum Marcus at 49% and Foxton's at 23. Obviously, at Foxton's will probably argue a lot of their stock is probably multi, but that's a really impressive number, isn't it? 72%. Well, goes I, sold think, I think the magic thing is this. We can anyone get the bloody thing sold? It's whether you can get it exchanged. And again, yeah. we we looked at this last week. And apologies for those people that have not watched this, or have watched this before. The magic thing is this: it doesn't matter whether you put it on the market. It doesn't matter whether you sell it or not. It's whether can you get the thing bloody well exchanged and through to completion. And these are the magic. So there's a lot of data you've got to ignore. You just got to look at this: a property we're leaving, and the estate agents will either exchange or withdraw. Went it, Richard. Yeah, exchange right. withdrawal. Okay. So therefore, Dexter's, for every 100 houses that Dexter's put on the market, they will exchange on 40.47, which means 59% of houses. So for every 100 houses that Dexter's put on the market, 40.4 of them will exchange. 
and 59 will withdraw. Ellison's, 57% will exchange and 42%. These are the averages for for, for the for, for the for Wimbledon. Kinley's, 65%. I mean, come on, Kinley's, that's really good. And 34, okay. Paul's, 51. Foxton's at 21. Sorry, again, in your experience from your agency days, where did you sort of measure against? I think we always used to say somewhere between 50 and 60% uh, of of what we sell will uh will go on to exchange. Where were you sat? What looks I was good not you, so I was I was expecting near a three quarter um at two thirds, sixty-five percent. Okay. And the national average in the last twelve months has been sixty-five, sixty-six percent. Yeah. Okay. These I mean inner London they're even worse than these. So the uh, so think about it. Here we go. For every hundred houses that have come on the market in Wimbledon in the last 12, 18 months, because we've got to allow for it to sell, 49% will exchange and 50% will 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 withdraw. Now remember the withdrawals might go around the other side and come into another agent's yeah. property. But you know, Edison White, fantastic, great stuff there, 70%. John D. Wood, 75. That's really good. You don't you don't normally see those big numbers from the corporates. So big, big well done there, John D. Woods. Uh, 67 from SW19 Lorestons. They're part of LSL or were, weren't they? Yeah, both Lorestons and Halls and Co. Both traded in Wimbledon were owned by LSLI. Okay. Uh, strike at 12%. All day, guys. Um, but Purple Bricks, interestingly, if you're comparing like for like Purple Bricks were a respectable number, weren't they? Purple Bricks, weren't they? At 62. 62. 62. Okay, now interestingly, before we looked at the posh book, so let's go and have a look at let's see how all the agents do in the posh range. So we're doing three million to five, one million to five to uh, beyond. So Robert Holmes, number one for listings, they exchange contracts on forty point five percent of the properties that they put on the market. Well, Savills at sixty four, Hawes at fifty four, Knight Frank at forty eight, Foxons at ten, Dexter's at fifty one. So uh, decent numbers from Dexter's there. Well done, uh, Dexter's. Um, and Savills again, um, but again, if you actually look, I think this is interesting. Is is this graph here shows you the the what what's what's so Robert Holmes last year that they've moved they've moved up market in terms of their price and they have grown their market share by twenty one percent because they've gone from there to there. Let's look at what Savills did. So Savills contracted slightly by two percent. So again, we're dealing here with the one million pound market range. Knight Frank, same sort of listings, but but in, the price has gone up slightly. Halls and Co. Not much move there. Fine and Country have moved. Um, yeah, okay, that's not bad. But you wonder if that's uh, intentional. So if you look at your Savills and your Knight Franks, uh, they've both gone down slightly, haven't you? I wonder if that's marketing. If they've try to uh, reposition themselves due to volume um, or whether it's just Robert Holmes have taken a march on that market. Well, let's just have it. Let's just have a, um, a just, a, um, let's just get that back. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. We'll just get this sorted out. Come on, Savills. Right. Here we go. Should coming up. Um, ah, no, um, I won't. I won't bore people to death. But I was I just wanted to see if it, if it. Let's just see if this comes brings this back. It isn't. Sorry. Um, hold on. I might have to just do this. There. Oh, there we go. Uh, let's just just go back to the million pound market. Again, boys and girls, this is what this uh, bit of kit can do. Again, I'm not being paid to use this software or recommend it. I'm just a bit of a fanboy. Um, so here we go. Foxton's have grown the million pound market by 123%. Dexter's by 48. Robert Holmes 21. Ellison's 13. So there's been an overall growth of 10% in the posh market in. So Wim so but looking at the traditional agents who you would associate with that, your Savills, your Hamptons, your uh, Knight Franks have all lost market share, and the mid market. Brands, Foxtons, Dexters, Ellisons, etc., have all really gone for that market, haven't they? Well spotted there, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Good stuff. Well spotted. I, I, again, if any Wimbledon agents are watching this uh, and you um, want a more detail, just give us a shout or get the, get this bit of kit yourself. 
let's move on. Um, this is interesting. What would the average agent who put a million pound, a million and fifty pound property, one million and fifty thousand property, sell it for? Okay, um, and quite clearly see here that. Um, do you want me to explain this, Richard? Should I go through this? No, I understand. I understand it. Oh, but the people watching might not understand it. Go on. Okay, so basically, what happens here is twenty-eight. Uh, this is this is their omni valuation of the price of chief screen. They will look at every single one of the properties that you've put on the market, give it a Valpal figure. I my phrase Valpal figure, but an automated valuation model, and then they will judge you on whether you what you put that house on the market on. So therefore. It is the percent, it's the original listing price overvalued from their valuation model. So therefore, Dexter's overvalued at 2.84%, Ellison's at 0.92, uh, Barnard Marcus 3.42. So this is the amount of overvaluing. Then what did you actually sell the property for from the original asking price? So you can quite clearly see that they that Dexter's have been hammered by 4.7. Whilst Halls and Co have only been hammered 1.29. Put that all into pound notes, level the playing field with the same house. If Dexter's put on a 1,050,000-pound house, according to data from the 20EA Insights platform, they would sell it for 1,031,000. Ellison's 1,019,000. Kinley's 1,041,000. Halls and Co 1,061,000. Foxton's 944. Again, there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. Again, if anyone's got any queries with these, but again, this just this bit of kit enables you to actually say, well, why are you worth the extra fee? Well, look, this is independent data. I'll get you more money. Uh, and and everybody's going to hate me for saying this, Chris, but if you looked at purple brick, so I just ran my eyes down that variance to average on my right-hand side. If you looked at purple bricks, interestingly, 0.39%. So they're achieving, uh, at a glance, almost the highest. I mean, there's some up there that are some big numbers in there. So Brinkley's are doing well at 55. Again, when you're dealing with such small numbers, it is going to skew it, but it gives you a yep. flavor of what, what you're going for. Um let us just have a quick look here. This is the how long it takes to sell a house. So Ellison's and Edison White, you know, just, just have a look here. Oops, here we go. Ellison's take 39 days to sell a house. John D. Wood, um, they take uh, 51 days. Edison White, 53 days. Chris, and looking at that, is there any, uh, is there any link between time to sell and variance on price agree agreed. Okay, well let's do new. So time to sell. Um, so they'll put that in date order. And what what's the other stat you wanted to look at? If you go back on this last graph you just showed us, that variance to average. Right. So, so Ellison, our, Ellison's at thirty nine days, and Ellison's minus eighteen to the, the SW eighteen. Eighteen. John D Wood fifty one days, and and John D Wood was plus 3,800. Edison White, 53 days. Edison White. Nearest damn it on the money. Hampton, 63 days. Again, people uh, people in, in um, Wimbledon, look at these stats, screen dump them, have a look at them, have a play with them. But there's some wonderful stats here that you can have a look at. I would actually say probably not necessarily the price of cheap, but whether you can actually sell it or not. Yeah. You know, um, you know, just again, just have a look. 36% of houses price reduced. Interestingly, there's some big numbers here. So um, what did we what who were some of the best? Um Ellison's at 18%. Interestingly, they've got the lowest price changes, but then we've got a higher exchange rate. Much higher exchange rate. Again, I think the magic thing here is you take the stats which work for you, but and there, and also if you're a boss of or an area manager, you look at how you're comparing against your competitors and sharpen up that act. And that could be whether you actually sell it, are you getting the price reductions, how quickly you're selling them, and what price you're actually achieving for your vendors. It's creating that story you want to tell, isn't it? So if your stats are poor on time to sell but high on price achieved, your pitch is all around leaving it on the market to get you the best possible price. And this is how we do it. 
On the flip side, Edison's, who I think we said are selling very quickly, but not at the highest price, would talk about speed to sell in a changing market. So these stats are really powerful to tell whatever story you want to tell, but it's just understanding them. And it's really important, boys and girls, is that um, you look at your price ranges, because if we go and look at this and go for the for the million pound mark, it does change everything. OK, so now all of a sudden, Robert Holmes, that 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 number has been brought up quite nicely um, compared to what they were before. Let's move on and look at um, let's look at um, um, the rental market. Um, so let's just pull that in. So this is the number of listings that each agent has been putting on the market. Um, is that listings? It is listings. Hold on, let's just double check. Yeah, it is. So Foxton's are number. Hold on. Let's just. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There we go. That's better. So open rent are the online agent that independent uh, that self-managed landlords could do. Let's look at Foxton's. That, Chris, does that number surprise you? What's In that? that marketplace, which is a fairly affluent area, and I would imagine lots of uh, overseas landlords, the open rent are very dominant in that market. That's very similar to what um, Kingston-upon-Thames did. And again, you've got to remember that London does have a higher propensity of self-managed landlords. So therefore, if there's high self-managed landlords, there's going to be ones that probably even uh, don't even use an agent to do a, a tenant find. Um, Foxton's growing, but again, they bought Douglas and Gordon's books, so I'd expect that to be growing, because again, this is new listings. Kinley's, okay. Winchester Wright, oh, that's interesting. Winchester... Um, Big agent, they're not particularly strong on sales. In fact, I'm not even sure they do sales. My apologies. Brinkley's is nice to see because Brinkley's um, were number eight or nine when it comes to resi sales. But uh, you know, um, looks like they're, oh dear, um, Brinkley's looks like your number of properties, your management. Now, again, this is new listings. So if the tenants aren't moving and there's a lot of tenants who are being a bit sticky at the moment, you're not going to go. So they've got to take this slightly with a pinch of salt. Let's look at Ellison's. Okay. They've had a spike, haven't they, recently? Yeah. Hamptons. Hamptons are growing. Well done, Hamptons. SW19. And then Dexter's again there. So not really much more to do that. We'll just have a quick look. Um, this is this is my new favourite bit of kit, which is Bricks and Logic. Um, and it shows you what, what, what stuff's actually selling for. Um, this is you can change this up to three months, six months. So if you look at what's been happening to prices, so prices are up in the last three months. The richer the color, the more prices are going up. We look at the last six months, so you can quite clearly see over six months prices are down here in the southwest corner. Uh, I don't know what that area is called. I'm sure you locals would know, uh, but it just just shows you what's happening in the property market. Um, this is also the percentage. This is a nice bit of kit. Shows you the percentage of properties. So this is the number of properties with EP in the private rented sector with uh, with bands A, B, C, and D. And you can change it by coming up here and you can change it. So if you just wanted to look for A to Cs with a private tenant, you can have a look and it shows you where the, where the good areas are for, for whether, because if Bs is coming in, um, you can target particular areas because let's be honest, it's going to be downside easier to rent out stuff from A to Z. So this is a great way to judge where all the nicer properties are in terms of EPC ratings and anything else that you want to search for. Uh, Does this also give you any volume? So if you clicked on a red area, uh, so if you look at that Raymond Road red area, does that give you any idea of volume of privately let properties? Yep, we'll do it now. Here we go. Hold on. So you can quite clearly, you, you can't hover over it and tell you the number, but you can see, you can see which, which areas I've got the, so this is, these are, these are where the number, these are, so I've chosen here private rental properties with, with an EPC rating of A, B, and C. Yeah. This tells me where they are, okay? So I can zoom out. I can see where all the nice properties are that I might want to target if I was an agent. Wow. So using the power of data, boys and girls, 
to get to to prove that you know what you're talking about but also use it in your marketing and your strategy to get the business that you so richly deserve okay um any more before we go and finish richard no i think that's i think that's really good i i think you know my overall view is you know certainly not panic stations and and everything seems fairly positive you know we just need to be aware that we are seeing a slight change i think the very best agents will have already recognized that and will have acted accordingly um but i think agents should certainly be using their area stats to assist the stories they're needing to tell their market um but i also think it's down to process now isn't it chris that if you've got the stats and you've got the process and we're shifting to a market, the best agents will flourish in a slightly tougher market where you've got to have challenging conversations. Um, and that goes down to process, you know, price review dates in your contracts. And if you're doing your price reviews or your vendor love, whatever you want to call it, have these stats available and talk about how they're changing on a weekly basis to get across the points you need to get across. Boys and girls, the stats that we've used today are from 20EA Insights and from Bricks and Logic. Do check them out. Uh, great bits of product, and we'll prove that you know what you're talking about. Richard, thank you for your time today. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're always good value for money. But finally, thank you for watching this. If you've got any areas that you'd like us to look at in terms of we've got a long list and we're working through them. Um, thanks for your time today, Richard. You've been exceptional. Thank you for your time. And more importantly, thank you for watching. See you next week. Take care. Cheers, mate. Perfect. Thanks, Chris. I'll Thanks, uh, speak to you soon. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye-bye.